I'm VJ Hamilton and welcome to the Autoimmune Reset, the place for you to learn how to thrive with autoimmune disease and feel empowered to take steps to transform your health to feel better than ever. You can start making changes today to improve your health. So with every episode, my mission is to share with you simple ways to up-level your diet and lifestyle with key learnings from my own journey reversing autoimmune disease and inspirational stories from those who have reset their autoimmune symptoms and are now thriving in life. I suffered from autoimmune disease for over 25 years and now I live symptom-free and I wish the same for you as well. So thank you for being here and sharing this time with me. Now let's get started. I am very excited to have on the podcast today, holistic chef, autoimmune warrior and backyard farmer, chef Laura Rodriguez. Laura has been managing rheumatoid arthritis through diet and lifestyle for seven years and has been supplying anti-inflammatory meals in Nashville to some elite clients. Laura helps fellow autoimmune warriors grow and eat anti-inflammatory comfort food through education consultations and holistic personal chef services. So absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast, Laura. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. It's my pleasure. So I know you have your own inspirational story to share, Laura. So when did your symptoms start? Well, my symptoms I can actually trace back to being in high school. I remember having joint pain and thinking that it was due to sports. But, you know, growing up, I wasn't really very athletic. I was kind of forced to do sport, you know, to stay, um, stay busy with school. My sisters love sports. So I always thought that it was like sport related. So that's kind of where it started. But after I had my daughter, I suffered from just absolutely debilitating pain. I was, I remember very vividly the moment when I was like, okay, I need to have this checked. I need to figure out what's going on. This is not normal. I was having trouble lifting containers of food off of the counters to put them into their cooler bags. And I would have to like slide them off the counter and bring the bag down to the bottom, you know, and I just thought this is not normal. And so that's really when I started to, at the, it's ironic because at the time I was a um, executive chef for a nonprofit that delivers free um, healing meals to cancer patients. And all of the food that we served was gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, corn-free, all of this stuff. And so it was really healing food but I was still eating the standard American diet, standard American diet at home. Now I was obviously cooking home cooked meals, but I was still eating tons of gluten and dairy and all that stuff. So that's when I decided to try to eat the way that I was cooking for my clients at work at home. And within three months, and it was a, you know, it was a transitional phase for me to go from drinking beer and eating pasta and eating bread and putting sugar in my coffee. So you know, over the course of three months, I was able to really change all of those behavioral habits that I had learned around food. And I was able to get rid of not only that debilitating joint pain I had, but also the eczema and the migraines I was suffering from for years. So it was amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. And it's incredible that you already almost have the skills and the tools to be able to address those symptoms. So in a way, I don't know, maybe maybe there was a reason for that, but it obviously yeah. got you to where you are today. Was there anything in particular in the food or was it really just going back to basics and cutting out those anti-inflammatory foods? Or was there anything kind of that you added in that was helpful? What did you find was the most helpful for you with, with the food? 
I think it was a mixture of both equally, um, not only taking out the inflammatory things, but also adding in more anti-inflammatory things. So lots of vegetables, lots of, I, I switched to eating mostly organic at that point, unless I couldn't find something in organic. So lots of organic vegetables, um, pastured organic meat and eggs, wild seafood, quinoa. Um, I, I stopped cooking with vegetable oil. So it was a lot of things all together, I think that came to make this perfect, you know, healing opportunity for me. Yeah, that, well, that's great. And then it, it took three months. So did you, did you just have a light bulb moment that it was like, oh, wow, I can actually start moving things around again, and I'm not in pain? Or did it happen gradually? And you, you kind of saw progress over the over the months? Yeah, it was definitely um, gradually because at the same time, I will say simultaneously, I was also, I started taking fish oil supplements, which I was told was really good for your joints. So I was like, well, it can't hurt. So, um, so it was a, it was a progression. Um, but I think also because at first, like I was, I started by taking out sugar and then I started with dairy because I was really at that point too, I was really suffering from this horrible eczema that I had. So I was thinking that maybe dairy was the culprit. And so it wasn't until after I took out sugar, took out dairy, that I took out gluten. And then I was like, wait, I'm still drinking beer. I didn't even realize that beer was made from wheat. So like it was a progress. And then once I got all of those things out and started increasing my intake of vegetables and anti-inflammatory, you know, meat and omega-3s and all of that, then I really started to see then it was like full throttle on the, the healing process. Oh, that's incredible. Because that's a lot, isn't it? Because I've made yeah. changes myself and really over a certain period of time. But what did you find the most challenging? Because I suppose uh, you mentioned beer a few times. That's probably part of a lifestyle habit. Did you find any challenges with making those changes? And how, were people supportive around you? Because I know that's important as well. Yeah, I'm luckily, I'm fortunate to have a wonderful husband who's always been very open to doing whatever I say, like, let's eat this and let's try that. He's always loved, he's very, he's not picky in any way. So I've always had that support system, but then also, you know, being in that culture of working for cancer patients and having had several family members pass away from cancer just before that, you know, I was kind of in this mindset where I knew something needed to change. The hardest part about it was that I was a, um, I owned a catering company at the time. And as a caterer, you have to give people what they want, essentially. So I was still battling between what I needed to eat and what my clients wanted to eat. And so that was the hardest part of it for me was occasionally here and there, which occasionally when you work in the kitchen all the time, ends up being every day, every other day, multiple times a day, eating a little bit of dairy, a little bit of gluten, a little bit of sugar. So that was the hardest part for me. Okay. And then you went, obviously you were, you were feeling much better and um, your symptoms had reduced. When did you think, well, I mean, I suppose you were already doing it with your, your clients that, that had cancer, but when did you think, oh, actually I could help the autoimmune community and kind of develop my business into doing that rather than, were you doing the same thing as well? Or how, how did that all develop right. for you? Yeah, that's a great question because that is like a whole nother story and I'll keep it brief, but basically all of my experience um, working 
in the cancer community. I, I, you know, ended up leaving that job after three and a half years and just was running my catering company full time, but was really in the community. At that time, it was a farm to table catering company. I had already switched to um, offering many gluten and dairy free options. My whole menu was sugar free, but I had to like sneak in those menu options, really just kind of make the food that I wanted to, that I had to eat for my clients without really telling them. And then if they were outwardly, like I want bruschetta and I want pasta and I want this and that, I would just make that for them. All of that experience led me to um, catering an event for a country music artist who eventually asked me to be their personal chef. So I went on to be a personal chef for country music artists for two and a half years. And I ended up in a rheumatoid arthritis two and a half year long flare from the stress, from the um, having to eat things that I wouldn't normally because that was what my client wanted. I got into a life-threatening car accident that woke me up and was like, you can't do this anymore. Um, You have to get a handle on your stress. You have to get a handle on your sleep. You cannot work all day long. Um, You cannot eat these things anymore. You only have one life to live and it can be taken from you in, a, in an instant. So what are you going to do with it? And so that's when I decided to um, leave that job and start working for myself again, but in a way that really owns my story and, and lives my truth and tells people like, I can't be the caterer that you want. I cannot just give you gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, soy, whenever you want it, because I'm the kind of chef that actually tastes the food that I make. Mm. And so if I want to live free of autoimmune flare-ups, I have to do my job my way. And that's when I decided to really just start working with the autoimmune um, community. And so that's kind of how I got here today. And it's been one year since I started that. Wow. Gosh, that is, that is an amazing story. Um, <laughs> gosh, there's a lot there. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure maybe maybe on the program or maybe at another time to, to yeah. hear that in full would be, that's, that sounds like you got to the right place in the end. It's interesting with you talking about kind of having a little bit of gluten here, a little bit of dairy there and managing those flares. Have you found now that you are able to kind of maintain your health a lot better? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm working with clients and I'm working, well, actually with my own health as well, I found that when I was, for example, I've always had an issue with gluten, but when I was having even just little bits of it here and there, it was affecting me, even though it was just little niggles. But once I've cut it out completely, I just don't have that anymore. So how, how has that been for you in this last year? Yeah, I think it has been absolutely night and day. It is what I say to my clients, it, and it's like, it makes me very emotional because it's, this is, I'm not only helping other people, but in the process, I'm helping myself. So helping autoimmune warriors embrace their love of food, get off the roller coaster ride of food-induced autoimmune flare-ups and achieve true food freedom is it helps me stay on my journey of doing that same exact thing. Because if I turn around and say, okay, yeah, so-and-so wants pasta and then I eat pasta that day, what is to say the next client isn't going to want pasta and the next and the next. And then I'm back to where I ended up in a two and a half year long autoimmune flare up that made it impossible for me to walk. And I have to walk in order to do my job. So it is just absolutely night and day. I mean, I'm never going back to the old way again of just catering to people and giving them what they need because my health is more important than any profession, job, career, passion project, you know? 
Yeah. And it's true when you get those opportunities come up and I'm sure many people experience this and we know that we're going to have to overcommit and potentially people please. And we've got to consider our health in that because we I've done the same. I really I feel that you're the same. Like you just want to do it all. But then I I gradually got to a point where it was like, if I want to do all these things, then I need to have my boundaries and my limits and making sure that I'm looking after me um, in the first instance. Um, And it is so, so important because then I can help more people. And that's what you're doing as well in your job. And yeah, and I would say it's very motivating working with people in the community like you are and I am, because it keeps you on track too. So I'm very thankful to all my clients because I need to be an example to them and it's better for my health anyway. So that's, that's part of what we do and, and why we enjoy it. Yeah, it's the best kind of like accountability partner showing up every day and Yeah, I think social media keeps you really transparent. I I love that about it. You can really kind of share, what am I having for breakfast? What am I having for lunch? What am I having for dinner? And that not only inspires other people, but it really keeps you on track too. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does. And I do think, yeah, I love your um, social media and all your reels and everything you do. I find them incredibly helpful. And I think that's what people want to see. They want to see what, you know, what I... Because it doesn't have to be complex either. And I think that's what you share with a lot of your recipes and your cookery demonstrations. It isn't about restriction. And I've, I've never been about kind of diet. I am deep down, I'm kind of more of an anti-diet person, although I do do see that some foods are going to be more inflammatory. And for some people, it's beneficial to remove them. But it is about food freedom. And there's so many delicious foods that we can eat. And once yeah. we know how to, how to cook those and what flavours to add you don't feel like you're missing out. Exactly. That's exactly right. And that's the whole point, because if you are to make a full lifelong sustainable change that is going to transform your health and get you back to where you were before your diagnosis, you have to be able to embrace things that you know and love. I cannot convince somebody to eat kale salad and salmon with broccoli for the rest of their life. You can have those things here and again, and really enjoy that as like a, you know, a healthy, fresh treat. But at the end of the day, we want to eat the foods that we grew up. Now I'm not saying like eating, um, you know, a plant-based hot dog on a, on a gluten-free bun with ketchup is that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking, um, the flavors that, you know, and love like chicken noodle soup, right. Full of vegetables, full of pastured meats, full of herbs, turmeric, anti-inflammatory properties, and then adding a little bit of gluten-free noodle on top of it, you know, like that's not going to hurt anybody. And that's something the whole family can love and get behind and embrace. And that's going to set you up for a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yeah, that's perfect. I am so glad you are joining us on the Complete Autoimmune Reset Program. And you are going to be doing a cookery demonstration, which I'm very excited about in the Thrive Week, which is all to do with maintaining health for the long term, which you're a, you know, you're a huge example of that. And um, it would just be good to go through the cookery demonstration, what we'll be enjoying when you'll be doing that and what benefit the participants of the program will get from you doing that demonstration. Absolutely. So the demo will start, you know, with um, whatever knife skills that we need to um, execute the dish. So I'm going to actually show you how to chop, which is great because you don't really get that very often. Um, And then we're going to make um, a gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, soy free 
zucchini noodle lasagna casserole. So it's like lasagna, but instead of making it really fussy, it's a simple three-step process. You can dump everything into a casserole and have this gooey, warm, melty, cheesy, delicious, hearty product at the end. So, so we're going to start with knife skills. We're going to make a lasagna and all throughout it, I'm going to talk about the ingredients that I'm using and why they're anti-inflammatory and how to really start to take those ideas of not just trying to make yourself eat a whole new type of way, but make the foods that you know and love anti-inflammatory. Yeah, I love that. And that sounds absolutely delicious as well. <laughs> I look forward to that. And do you, is this how you're working with clients as well? Is that how you deliver some of your services now with kind of the, the education around cooking? Because I suppose with rheumatoid arthritis as well, I find a lot of my clients, you know, the chopping can be quite difficult with painful joints as well. So do you give some advice around that as too? Well, most of the advice that I give, because most of my clients are working professionals, they're busy parents, they have a lot on their plates. And so not only are they trying to heal, some days they're in bed all day, or they're having a flare, they can't use their joints very well, but also they're busy and they don't have a lot of time to cook, right? So my main recommendation is to buy things that are already pre-chopped at the store. And in my recipes, you'll see that like a bag of broccoli florets, a bag of shredded carrots. And that's because cooking at home um, from scratch, it does involve chopping. And so if you can't use your joints, um, you know, that might not be the best thing for you, but I have so many recipes that include like opening a bag of broccoli, dumping it on a sheet tray, cooking a piece of fish next to it, and then making a bag of rice or something. So a lot of my recipes are simple, quick cooking, easy. And I always recommend that folks take as many shortcuts from the grocery store as they can, because again, I want this to be something that you do forever so that you can be well forever, not just months or four months or two weeks. You know, I don't want you to get tired of it. So yeah, and that's the thing I, I when I was working as an accountant years ago and I just had such a demanding life and I've just got into those ready meals and microwave meals and I just felt so overwhelmed. Even though I used to cook as a teenager, I got out of the habit and I just felt so overwhelmed with the whole cooking process. And the first thing I did was <laughs> I just decided enough was enough and I got rid of my microwave. I just thought, no, I need to start cooking from scratch. And I realized that actually I just need to put some baked vegetables and some salmon. And this is my starting point into the oven and bake that it will take 15 minutes and I've got a lovely meal and that was my starting point and then it was like oh I can add in these herbs and I can add in some garlic or ginger and and it just developed over time but I do agree and certainly the clients I'm working with as well have you know very um lively lives for whatever reason and they don't have a huge amount of time for cooking and that's why it doesn't have to be hard does it 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 just it's just a learning process and once you've got a few go-to recipes that are straightforward and as you say taking shortcuts where you need to because there's good better and best isn't there in your approach then yeah you can keep this going for for good and that's what I've done for the last you know, 10 years or whenever it was that I got rid of my microwave and I've never got one back I actually have a thing about it. I'm not against microwaves but I've just got a thing about them now that I just remember that was that time when I was not very well and I was just living on microwave meals no I love that um you know we don't have a microwave either but I love that because 
I, I tell my clients all the time, out of sight, out of mind. If you're if you're going to have, you know, Oreo cookies in the pantry and mac and cheese for the kids and frozen chicken nuggets in the freezer, you're end up you're going to end up eating that stuff because it's there. So it's kind of the same thing for you. In order for you to get away from using the microwave, you just had to get rid of it. And I completely agree. Like there are certain things that you just have to keep out of the house in order to stay consistent. And um, it's for your own good anyway. It's not punishment. And then once you start to feel the benefits of changing your lifestyle habits, it becomes you're not mourning those things anymore. You find things to replace them with. Like I keep dried dates in the fridge. And anytime I have a sweet tooth, I eat a dry date. Like if you've never had a dry date before, it is the sweetest thing on the planet. It's hard to eat more than one of those. And so if you have a sweet tooth, there's lots of other like whole food, real food things you can keep instead of a bag of Oreos and you'll be fine. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, I don't get to eat sweets anymore. Sure you do. You know, it's just a different kind of sweet. And so it's all part of the process, but I think each person has to find their starting point and their why, and then keep that like at the forefront of their mind so that they don't forget why they started. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, definitely. I think that why is so, it's so motivating because there's, there's a lot of talk about willpower, but it's, it's not to do with willpower. It's to do with just knowing what path you're on and why you're on it. And I agree. You'll find something. I found figs because I used to eat these biscuit fig rolls at my Nana's house years ago. So finding something sweet, I just find a fig and I'm it's delicious. I find it delicious because it just reminds me of eating a biscuit. But we all find our way, and everybody will have a different path, and everybody will have something different that works for them. But mm-hmm. that's that's really the the basis of the program, the complete autoimmune reset. So it's it's about learning about yourself, really, being guided, but also learning what's going to work for you and developing these skills. So these cooking skills, knowing what anti-inflammatory foods to start including in your food, and how to include it. And that can go a long way. Um, I, love yeah. that. I love that. I think that's great. And I think, um, you know, it's so true. It's the bit about willpower is so true. I say that all the time too, because it's really not about like, should I eat this or should I not eat this? It's about, do I want to be well, or do I not want to be well? It's about um, learning your value and knowing that you're worthy of living a long, healthy, pain-free life. And it's not normal to be in pain all the time. Yeah. And you don't have to be. No. And so many people are living with pain and it's become their new baseline. And I, I find it incredible what people can deal with and manage. It really is. But I just love it when they do make the changes and they just realize that they've been living that way for such a long time. And by making these changes, it's almost freed them to this new life. Um, But is there anything else you would say outside? Because obviously the food's been hugely impactful for you. And it's great that you're sharing that with everybody now. But is there anything else you would recommend to any of our listeners that it has helped you with your health outside of the food? Um, definitely 100% something that took me a long time to really get a handle on was managing my stress. Because I think it's so easy in our society to wear stress as like a badge of honor or being busy or, and also just as a woman being kind of like, without noticing it, being kind of like, um, for, like trained to not say no, 
you know, so I had to learn to say no. I had to learn to pick and choose um, what I want to be involved in and who I want to be around, involved with. And um, just really, yeah, I mean, stress, I can't, because what, what I've learned is that I can eat all the anti-inflammatory foods I want, but if I'm not managing my stress, I'll still have pain. So I would say those two things would be a great place to start for somebody that's suffering with chronic symptoms. Yeah, your story resonates with me so much because there's so much what you said that applied to me as well. And I agree. I think the food can be so impactful, but if you're constantly up against it with stress or with people, I call it kind of people pleasing, but that that saying yes, honestly, anytime anybody asked me anything, it would just be yes. I wouldn't even think about what I was being asked. It would just be a yes. And it took me a long time to realize that you don't, you don't have to say yes to everything. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Rest is not um, a luxury. Rest is a necessity. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I've realized now because it was for me anyway, it was working all week and I'm sure it was the same for you when you were were working in that role that you mentioned and then on a weekend I would be like well no I I need to be doing things now because I've been working all week but now I've realized actually no one of my weekend days has to be a rest day (laughs) well and also doing nothing is actually doing something (laughs) exactly you you are doing something you're resting you're you're rejuvenating you're letting your cells you know turn over like it's it is work in its in itself yeah and you feel so revived after it yeah when you, you do come to work and you're in a completely different state anyway and you're probably far more right. productive so there's lots of benefits to it definitely yeah. well thanks so much for being on here today Laura I've absolutely loved hearing your story and everything that you're doing for the autoimmune community uh, it's it's been you know you're incredible and thank you for all you've been doing have you got any last final words Um, I just can't wait to do the cooking demo for the um, program. I think it's going to be incredible. And I just think that for anybody that's listening to this, if you're struggling or you're on the fence about whether or not you can take control of your condition and increase or improve the quality of your life, you can absolutely do it. The two of us are proof. We're living proof that it's possible. Um, I know a lot of folks have to wait until they get to their kind of rock bottom where they're jolted into, you know, wanting to heal or scared into it. But I think um, an ounce of prevention equals a pound of cure. Is that what they say? I think um, that's absolutely true. And if you wanted to, instead of waiting until the very end where you're, you're sick in bed, you can't walk and you can't move, you can't use your hands maybe start incorporating some of the things from the training little by little that you're going to learn and um, just maybe prevent getting to that point where, you know, you're in bed all day. I don't, that's, that's what I would say um, is that it's possible you're worth it and you can do it and maybe start slow. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that, that was a great ending. Yeah. We will take on that advice. So thank you again, Laura, and I'll see you soon. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Autoimmune Reset. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you liked it, I would hugely appreciate a review on iTunes as it helps me understand what you like about the podcast and to help share the information with more people. I'm excited to speak to you next time. And remember, you have the power to take the reins on your health. So keep the faith and celebrate the small wins. 
Until next time.